0: God bless you, good to see everybody this morning, uh, welcome to the Rock Church, God bless everyone who's joining us from church anywhere and everywhere and online, glad you're with us today, uh, my name is Travis, I am the campus pastor here where I'm standing in Point Loma, I'm one of the pastors that helped to uh, encourage you and help you navigate on this journey with the Lord, so I'm uh, glad you're here on this Sunday, I want to welcome all of our friends, our visitors, let's put our hands together and welcome all of our extended friends, visitors, let me put that in the chat. Wherever you're watching us from, joining us from, put that in the chat. Let us know. Anybody here visiting around the town? Anybody come from afar that came to visit us? Where are you from? Florida. Florida. That's pretty far. Florida's in the house. Good, good, good. Anybody else came from a, a drive away? Where'd you come from? Ohio. O-H. I-O. I-O. We, okay, good, good, good. And we got one more over here. I can't see. There you go, right in the back. What'd she say? New, New Orleans, New Orleans, you just say it like that, New Orleans, like that, you didn't even pronounce it, just New Orleans, New Orleans, very good, how about one more, you came out of town, you're visiting, right here, yes, Wyoming, Wyoming, Wyoming. what are y'all doing in Wyoming, What's, what goes down in Wyoming, <laughs> what are you known for in Wyoming, like horses, like horses and stuff, <laughs> Western, there you go, Wyoming, okay, good, good, uh, Yellowstone, that's, that's uh, are you close to Yellowstone? Yes, very good. Jackson Hole. Hole. Okay, good deal. Glad you're here from Wyoming. Um, Well, God bless you, and and please let us know in the chat where you're joining us from, or maybe you're watching this at a different time or a later date, let us know. We're one big family, so I'm glad you're here. I wanted to start the time together today uh, by honoring and celebrating some of our team members. It is officially um, Team Member Appreciation Sunday, and so you will see people walking around sporting one of these shirts, because we hooked them up, because they serve and they bless our house. This is the the first official shirt printed with our new logo. By the way, did you know that we got a new logo, a new brand, right? The uh, the, the critics are out. I see some of you in the chat, be like, I don't know. I don't know if I like the colors. I don't know if I like, listen, it's from the Lord. Come on, somebody. It's from the Lord, for the Lord. And so if you see someone walking around with one of these shirts, uh, would you just encourage them and bless them and thank them for serving? Um, We have a guy here, his name is Tom, and he has been serving our church for many, many years. And this morning he served, he has been working unfortunately for like 38 days in a row without a day off. He works here in San Diego. But even though he wants to be at church, he makes the effort even though he's gotta be at work still. And so he comes at like 5.30 in the morning and he sets up all of our, our flags, our stanchions, our, uh, our roadblocks, everything before he goes to work. And so he's there now. And he's gonna unfortunately have to join us online later but he wants to be in the room. But we got people like Tom all across this church. So I wanna just quickly read a couple names so we can say thank you. So I wanna say thank you to Sylvia and Josh Daniel from our welcome team, come on. Thank you to Pamela Baker and our worship team. Thank you, Kennedy Vandersteel Steele from Youth. Thank you to Nayeli Dalton from Young Adults. Carlos Gonzalez from Safety. Uh, Nelson Young on camera one. Come on, somebody, right here on camera one. Uh, and our kids ministry, Norma Whitaker, thank you for serving. She's in our welcome room in the kids area. Uh, marriage, Nando and Desiree, incredible power couple. Uh, from our setup team, Steven Baudler. Uh, he's single, by the way, come on, somebody. Uh, uh, life class, Monique Farrell, and then for men's ministry, Michael McNeil. Let's thank them. Let's thank them. Thank them for the service. In fact, he- here's how I really want to thank them. Uh, I-, I do this with, with our staff. I want to give them two claps and a Ric Flair woo. Okay, so you got to stand with me here. I want to give them two claps and a Ric Flair woo. Woo! Okay, so we got to do it all at once. We're going to go two claps and a Ric Flair woo. You ready? This is for all the team members because we're going to celebrate them today. Ready? Give me two claps and a Ric Flair woo. Woo, oh man, that feels good. So be loved on, be appreciated team members. If you see somebody wearing one of these shirts, would you just give them a fist bump and thank them for serving, amen? Amen, amen. we can't do it without you, we love you. Uh, now, let's get to today. Uh, in our series, we are continuing in a series entitled Empowered. Everybody take a deep breath in, Ah, and say empowered. 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 Uh, we are in week two of what will be a nine-week series. And and last week, we learned that we are empowered to be a witness and that what God began through Jesus, he wants to continue through uh, you and me. And I gave you a little bit backstory of the book of Acts. Acts is the fifth book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And it really stands for the acts of the apostles or the actions or the deeds of those early disciples The man who wrote it was a guy named Luke. He was a doctor. He wrote the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. And where Luke ends with the resurrection of Jesus coming out of the grave, Acts is part two to Luke and begins with the ascension of Jesus into heaven. And then he tells his disciples, that first early group, um, wait for the Holy Spirit. There's 120 believers by that point. Jesus spent uh, uh, roughly 40 days on earth after the resurrection showing himself, uh, trying to tell everybody he was the risen Lord. And at that point, there was about 120 believers. That's it. And so he tells this group, I want you to wait, don't leave here until the Holy Spirit fills you with the same power that filled me. And so there they are at Pentecost, and Pentecost is nothing to be scared about. Lean into Pentecost. Penta, five. Costi in Greek means to the 10th power. So five times 10 is 50. 50 days uh, uh, more or less after the resurrection is when the Holy Spirit comes. And Jesus says, wait at Pentecost for the Holy Spirit. And this is our anchor verse for our nine weeks. Here it is, Acts 1, verse 8. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive, say it with me, power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then Peter is one of the... Believers, one of the disciples gets filled with the Spirit, and he, the Bible says, stands up above the rest and stands out and gives his very, very first sermon, his very first speaking engagement. This is the same Peter, if you remember, before Jesus went to the cross, who 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 didn't have enough courage to say he was even my friend. The woman comes and goes. Aren't, aren't you one of Jesus's boys? He's like, Psh, no. <laughs> Never even heard about him. No, I don't know who you're talking about. And she goes, no, 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 I think you are. And he begins to curse her out. This is that same Peter. Didn't have enough courage to even say, he's my guy. After they're filled with the spirit, Peter stands out above the rest and delivers a message to the people watching. And this is what I wanna read to you. Acts chapter two, verse 36. We'll put it up on the screen for you. It says, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. This is Peter speaking. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Those who accepted the message. So what does that mean? There were some that didn't. But in Peter's first sermon, because he's got the power of the Holy Spirit... 3,000 accept the word of God. 3,000 come to Christ. The church is birthed, and it's a mega church, everybody. It's a mega church. It's huge. And this is the story of Acts. That a Holy Spirit-filled people called the church would then be empowered to go reach the known world with a message of love, with a message of hope, with a message of grace, and the story of Jesus. This is the book of Acts. Why don't you bow your heads let's pray together. Jesus, thank you. For your scriptures, thank you for your word, and Holy Spirit, we thank you that you have filled my life and filled many others. We pray by the end of our time that we would lean into a relationship with Jesus more deeply, more passionately, and that we would be filled to overflowing with your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Someone shout amen. 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 Um, This Friday, two days ago, my wife and I, Vanessa, we celebrated our 10-year wedding anniversary. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I have something for you if it's out there. There we go. I, I got some flowers for you. I, I, I promised. Um, oh, they brought you the whole vase and everything. Okay, we, went, we just went vase and everything, and awesome. Yeah. My wife is not a big flower person, so it's really not about the flowers. Uh, it's just so that you know that I, and on the biggest stage I can find how much I love you, how much I appreciate you. And thank you for 14 years together, 10 years married. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for everything you mean for us. Thank you for giving me two beautiful children so I could be called a dad. It is the biggest deal. So from my heart to to yours, I love you. God bless you. Love you, babe. Love you. Ten years. When we started dating 14 years ago, I remember one of our first dates, if you remember. uh, It wasn't our first date, but one of our first dates, I made you dinner. Okay, and, I, and it was in my apartment and I made her like a chicken vegetable stir fry. I don't know why I picked that, but it came in a bag probably from Trader Joe's, you know what I mean? <laughs> and chicken stir fry with white rice and, and maybe some dessert, I don't remember. And it was okay, it was okay. But ever since that day, we've always loved cooking shows. We've always loved cooking shows. Because we're terrible cooks, and we don't get down just like that. Um, but we do like watching cooking shows. We love Bobby Flay. Anybody watch Beat Bobby Flay? Come on, somebody. Right? Come on, Bobby Flay. He always wins. He always wins. Beat Bobby Flay or Iron Chef. And and we've learned some words along the way. And so we'll just sit there on the couch just judging them like we know what we're doing. Like, oh, they didn't, they didn't put enough ganache. They didn't put enough, enough ganache in that. They, they should have they flash fried it. They just seared it too long. And we'll just say things like... We know what we're talking about, but we're really just being, being uh, critical. Uh, we're not really iron chefs, we're just playing like we are. And, and unfortunately, I think that's the same story for so many Christians. We love doing church. We get the outfit on Sunday, we go get the free coffee in the lobby, we hopefully get to sing my song, listen to the message, but I don't know that everyone is living like the church. We like doing church, but I don't know that all of us are actually living like the church. That's a big difference. And So here's my bottom line today. If you like notes, write this one down. The Holy Spirit didn't empower us so that we could do church. The Holy Spirit empowered us so that we could be the church. It's a difference. The Holy Spirit didn't empower us so that we could do church. The Holy Spirit empowered us so that we could be the church. And that's the title of my message, Empowered to be the Church. The first church in Acts, they they didn't just arrive and stop at salvation, all 3,000 of them that got saved because the sermon was so good. No, the very first church pursued God and they desired everything that the Holy Spirit had in store for them. And this is really where I want to anchor down on these next several verses. If you've got your Bibles and you've been in Acts, Acts chapter 2, I'm going to read verses 42 to 47 because the few things that the early church committed themselves to that I want to pull out from that and challenge us to embody those same ideals. Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42 to 47, here's what it says. They, speaking of that church, devoted themselves And enjoying the favor of all the people. And then the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Three things stand out in this passage that help us, help me, help you become the church. To be the church that Jesus desires. Here's number one. We become the church through devotion. That's what that first church did. We become the church through devotion. We need the Holy Spirit to stay devoted to Jesus. And in verse 42 it says, they devoted themselves... Maybe you highlight that in your Bible, maybe you underline it, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The teaching, it was was God's word, it was his instruction. They devoted themselves to it. They devoted themselves to the fellowship, that was the, the coming togetherness, that was their community. They committed themselves to it, they were devoted, they devoted themselves to The breaking of bread, they would share meals, but now sharing meals took on a a different significance because every time they broke bread, they remember the body of Christ. And every time they drank the juice, the fruit of the vine, they would remember the blood of Jesus. Then it says they devoted themselves to prayer. They were people devoted to prayer. Their devotion describes their level of commitment. I'm all in. That was their devotion. And it's hard to say that you're devoted to something if you only do it once a week. Wouldn't you agree? It's hard to say I'm devoted to something that I do once a month. Wouldn't you agree? And so I'm not bending you uh, backwards to prove th- this point, but when I was um, in high school and maybe even younger, I, I would play this game um, called Around the World. Any basketball people out there? And I would play Around the World, and at that time, I remember, I thought I, thought I was going to be, you know, just this, this, this baller. And I remember uh, there was a doctor when I was little and he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I want to be a basketball player. That was the thing I was into at that time. And I would stay out late at night. My dad put up a basketball uh, rim and backboard above the garage. Shout out to dads that do that for their sons. And I, even, I think I even spray painted like a Nike swoosh. You know, I was, I was it was a big deal. It's a big deal. And one street ball at that time. And so I would play this game around the world and, and you would sit there with the free throw line and you would shoot the first shot, and if you make it, you move on to the, the side shot. You with me? And I would make that shot, then I would move over to this point and make this shot. I would come over here, and around the world, you got to go all the way around. And if you miss a shot, you got to go back and start over. That's around the world. I would play this game night after night, day after day, and I would stay out there. It was cold, and I'm like, nope, I've got to get it. I've got to get this shot. And you kind of get your routine, you know what I mean? You just spin it, just dribble, dribble, spin, ha! and get ready, right? You had the wristband, the headband, the whole thing. (laughs) But then I would make up these imaginary situations that would motivate me to keep going, to stay devoted. Because it'd be cold, and my mom's trying to call me in for dinner, or you gotta go to bed, and I'm like, I just gotta make this shot. And I would make up these imaginary situations that help motivate me. And i said, all right, if I make this shot, because I had made all of them, it's the last one right here. If I make this shot, no school for the rest of the year, yeah. And I would take the shot. And sometimes it would go in, and sometimes it wouldn't. And I had to start all over again. Or I'd I'd, I go, okay, i make this shot. The girl at church likes me. You know what I mean? I would just make up situations to help motivate me, and I would play this game all the time. I wrote this down. My devotion to that game was driven by my motivation. That's why I made up those scenarios. I gotta make this shot. I gotta make this shot, and I was devoted to this. I want you to hear me. If you're finding that your devotion to God isn't deep enough, then maybe you've misplaced your motivation. I'm gonna say it again, because you gotta think about it. If you're finding that your devotion to God, my prayer, his word, uh, my my engagement in his, his people, the family of God, if you're finding your devotion to God isn't that deep, then maybe you've misplaced your motivation. Because the early believers, they received Peter's sermon. Turn your life around and follow Jesus. They just knew that Jesus is going to make my life better and Jesus is going to make me better at life. They knew that their life was at stake. Peter says, no, 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 you got to get it. Your life's at stake. They knew it. And so my question for you is, what's at stake in your life right now? What blessing or what breakthrough is at stake in your life right now that if God didn't come through, it wouldn't come to pass. And let that be your, your motivation. What, what's that one thing? What, what, what's that, that thing that's motivating you? Because some of you got this idea that once I get that relationship and that's motivating you, everything is going to be better. You're starting to get a little confused with how you're shaping this relationship and you're thinking, well, we're going to move in together. And are you married yet? Nah, but we're going to move in together. You know, I love her and everything. Have you told her? No. And God said, listen, if you brought me to the center of your life, and I became your main motivation, I would have that relationship for you, but I would do it in a holy way. There's other people that say, well, if I just, that this next big job, and you've made the job your motivation, and and I just wanna make the most amount of money possible, and this is driving you, and driving you, and driving you. But if God was the main motivation for your life, then you would know, listen, you're gonna make a lot of money, but that's not your passion. In fact, you're you're gonna lose all joy in this job the second you get that first, second, third paycheck. Or or maybe it's your your health and you've made this your your motivating factor, but you keep eating, you keep smoking, you keep drinking. But if God was your motivation, he would tell you, listen, I want you to be healthy, but if you had me at the center of your life, then you would hear from me and, and know that I got a plan for you and I need you to be full of strength. I need you to be healthy. And maybe it's a dream. And maybe you're obsessing over this dream, but then you've kind of put the dream off. But if God was your main motivation, he would give you the courage to step out in faith to pursue that dream. So maybe if your devotion to God is not that deep, it could be because you've misplaced your motivation. And God is saying, everything that's good in life, the best things in your life, the greatest blessings and the greatest breakthroughs will not come to pass with a weekly commitment. It happened because of a daily devotion on my knees, in God's word, with God's people, and in God's presence. Well, that's so hard, pastor, it's so hard. It may not be simple, but can I tell you, church, is worth it. It may not be simple, but it's worth it. And here's what Galatians says, Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if what? If we don't give up. If we don't give up, don't give up. Stay devoted, don't give up. The Holy Spirit doesn't empower us so that we can do church. So I come in and I could just get my, my prayer on and, and leave out. No, the Holy Spirit came to empower us so that we could be the church and we become the church through a deep devotion. Here's number two we become the church through unity. We become the church through unity. And we need the Holy Spirit to come together as one. Acts 2, verse 44 it says, All the believers were together. And had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day. Every Monday? No, every day. Every Tuesday? Every day. They were together. They continued meeting together in the temple courts. That would be their gathering, their fellowship, their church. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They were one, and they supported the church as one. And this was Jesus' prayer In fact, we have have the Lord's Prayer, but he was teaching his church how to pray. But if you want to know the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' Prayer, the prayer that he prayed that was from his heart, this is it in John 17, verse 21. He says, Lord, Father, I pray for them, the believers, all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. Now, there's a show called So You Think You Can Dance. I also hear that from my wife when I'm in the kitchen. So you think you can dance? But it's a show. And, and recently, I don't know if it hasn't been around for a while, but recently it came back. And they narrowed it down to the top 24. And we're going to get it to the last 12. And they took all of these individual dancers who come from different backgrounds. Some do lyrical and some do hip-hop. Some do jazz. Some are freestyle. That's my style, by the way. Freestyle. Come on, freestyle. That's I tell Vanessa. And they bring them together and want to get the top twenty-four. And they say, "Now we're going to split the room and pair you up to narrow it down to the top twelve. We want to see how good you can dance together." So they 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 give them I don't know an hour to learn choreography, and they bring them out and they have one couple here and one couple here, and they let them dance together. And some of them are just like you know they're flowing like it looks like they've been dancing together for a long time. Then there's the couples where where one of them looks like they're doing salsa and the other one's doing like, you know, jazz exercises or something. It's just, what's happening here? And sometimes you can identify the couples where one of them is clearly better than the other. Are you with me? Some partners are way better than the others. But how many know that a good partner helps make the other partner be successful? That's what a good partner does. A good partner helps the other one become successful. Can I tell you, family, that's our goal. That's our goal, to come together and help each other dance. In the name of Jesus. To come together and help one another dance. That way the dance isn't all on one person. So the preacher isn't the only one preaching. So the worship leader isn't the only one singing the songs. So the the 10 names that I read off the list aren't the only ones serving. So that way the counselor's not the only one counseling and the retired people aren't the only ones giving. But if it's all one or two people, then the rest of us are just doing church. But the church in Acts was united together, and every day something was going on to help them come together in Christ. They were plugged into the life of the church. And so Sunday was worship. But then Monday, my kids were in youth. And then Tuesday, I was at men's group. And then Wednesday, I'm sending text messages to my team. I'm encouraging them with a verse. And then Thursday, I go to the healing ministry. And Friday is my family day, but we just come together and have a meal. And thank God that he's blessed our family. And Saturday's our Sabbath. And Sunday, we come back to church together. Every day, they were together. And every day, this church was blessed. And every day, together, their lives were changed. That's why the Holy Spirit came. That's what he's called us to do. Not just do church, but be the church. We become the church through devotion and we become the church through unity. Here's number three. We become the church through multiplication. We become the church through multiplication. We need the Holy Spirit to reach the world. In Acts 2, verse 47, it says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. I want you to pay attention. This is a biblical equation. Okay, all my Bible teachers are gonna like this one. My Bible study students are gonna like this because there are are Bible equations all throughout scripture. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him equals and he will make your path straight. There's Bible equations all throughout scripture. In Acts 2, I'm gonna find it. I lost my place. Where am I at? Here I am. 247, it says, praising God. Number one, and enjoying the favor of all the people, devotion and unity. And then the Lord what? Added to their number daily those that were being saved. It's a Bible equation. Devotion plus unity equals multiplication. And multiplication is not just the result of being the church. It's the assignment for the church in Matthew 28, 19. Jesus is telling them, even before he goes, uh, 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 goes away, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he reminds the church that we don't just exist for the church. The church doesn't exist just for the church, the church exists for the world. That's, that's the goal, that we would go and multiply. Uh, one of my favorite days of the year, we do them all throughout the year, are baptism Sundays. And, and, and almost like clockwork, we have a round 100 to, 100 to 150 people that get baptized when we do them. We do them about four times a year. And I remember my baptism. And, and I invited friends there, friends that were from the church and friends that weren't from the church. And there were other people that were at the baptisms. And they, they invited their unchurched friends and they invited people that were far from God. I love baptisms not only because Jesus says to do it, but because it's one of the best ways that you and I can multiply the church. Because the world can see, listen, I'm about my father's business now. I'm not, I'm not just here doing church. I'm here to, to multiply the church. I want, I want to be the church. That's what the Rock Church exists for, to reach people far from God. We exist to take people from no hope to full of hope. We, we don't exist just to fill the seat next to you. We exist so that we can take people to heaven with you. I, I, want, to, I want to end with a story, and I think it'd be um, a perfect time. If you very carefully get out that communion cup that you had when you walked in. Do you have that with you? Would you bring that out? And if you don't have a communion cup, maybe just slip your hand up in the air and one of our our incredible team members, woo, come on now. Two claps and a Ric Flair, woo. They're gonna bring you one. It's the Holy Spirit has empowered us with the Holy Spirit, not to do church, but so that we can be the church and we become the church through our devotion to God and we become the church through unity and we become the church through multiplication. I thought, what's the best way to wrap up our time together? And uh, in 1969, Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin were the pilots of, I believe, tranquility. That was the mission. And we weren't the first to get an aircraft or a space vehicle to the moon, but we were the first to send men to the moon. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin. And when they landed on the moon, NASA wanted them to have about an hour so they they can kind of reset their life. They can kind of reset and get their energy back. And I mean, that's a big deal. You're going somewhere. No one's gone before, right out of a movie. It was out of this world. And so Buzz Aldrin in this hour, and he knew that he'd have an hour, was trying to think to himself, what's one of the ways that I can really commemorate this moment to make this a big deal? He thought about communion. In fact, he put a, it's called his PPK, his personal preference kit, together a picture of it this is buzz aldrin's this lunar module ppk carried my personal belongings to tranquility based on apollo 11 including my communion kit signed buzz aldrin lunar module pilot and so in that hour he said this is what i'm going to do i'm going to take communion and this is what he said when asked why he did this, uh, he was thinking to himself about all that went into it because it took about 10 years to make this mission happen and he wanted to make sure that this moment was significant. And so over the, the calm speaker down to the base, he said, I would like to request a few moments of silence. I would like to invite each person listening and wherever and whenever he may be or whomever he may be, to contemplate for a moment the events of the past few hours and to give thanks in their own individual way. And then he read this scripture. Can we put this up? He read John 15, 5, and he misspelled a few things, but he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit for you can do nothing without me. The words of Jesus. Neil Armstrong sitting there just listening. Buzz Aldrin, in this hour, decided to do this. Why would he do that? Why would he, in this moment in history, all eyes on, take communion? Because of his devotion to God. See, Buzz Aldrin was a leader in his local church in Houston, and he spent time with his pastor before going up saying, hey, listen, I don't wanna just come on Sunday. This is what I do with my life, and I'm a part of big things how can I show my devotion to the Lord? How can I put an exclamation point on this moment on the moon? They said, why don't you do communion? That's what I'm going to do. And then why would he then call down on the intercom speaker and include everybody? Because it took 400,000 people over 10 years to make this mission accomplished. Unified. He was devoted. and He was remembering the unity of the people. And then why would he ask everybody everywhere to listen to the words of Jesus? And even though the message was interrupted in his mind, he believed as he called down to earth that the whole world was listening to him declare the power of the risen Lord. He was devoted. He wanted unity. And he believed in the power of multiplication that maybe somebody would hear the story of Jesus Maybe they'd give their life to Christ. And maybe they'd be a part of the family of God, our church. That's why the Holy Spirit came. Not so that we can do church. The Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and filled the believers so that we could be the church. And you and I become the church when we're devoted to God. On our knees in prayer, leaning into his word, filled with his spirit. Worshiping with all what we have not just Sunday, but Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, coming back together corporately on Sunday so that we can be the church. We're devoted, but we do it together. We do it together. We don't forsake the gathering. We don't just say, ah, I'll see them next time or they got enough people. No, we do it together. The early church empowered by the spirit came together. It can only happen because they were together. We can only do what we do every week because we're together. Because a few people said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm not doing church. I'm being church. I'm empowered by the Spirit to be the church. The Holy Spirit came and empowered us so that we can be about multiplication. You ever wonder why the moment you receive God, God didn't just take you up? Because wouldn't that be great? But God said, no, it's better that I go, the Holy Spirit stays, and that you stay you to live as Christ so go tell people about what I've done for you remember what I've done for you let's take communion together would you very carefully take the top off off your cup communion is for those individuals who have said my life belongs to Jesus and so before we go any further I want to give anybody that hasn't made that decision a chance to do that so would you bow your heads and close your eyes And if you need to begin that relationship with Jesus today, it starts by just admitting that you need him and believing that he died for you, inviting the Holy Spirit to fill you, and then confessing with the rest of your life, not just today, but the rest of your life, that Jesus is Lord. So I'm going to do it a little bit different today, but if you want to be included in that prayer, would you on the count of three just lift your hand up? One, two, three, would your hand go up in the air? That's your prayer today. I'll give you a moment you want to be included in that prayer just hands hands all across the room good 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 Jesus thank you we thank you that you died for us we thank you that those watching those joining us wherever they are and those in the room we've said yes to trusting you with our life we thank you that you died on the cross for our sins we thank you that you want everybody to know what you've done for them you want everybody to see the power that is in our lives by your blood and so for those people that said yes today, they're admitting that they need you right now. They're confessing in the quiet of their heart that they have sinned and they're admitting God that you're the Lord of their life. So thank you. We bless them right now. Thank you, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And now together, Lord, we thank you for communion. We thank you that like that first church, we will break bread together and we will not do it in vain, but we'll do it with your memory of your arms stretched across the cross and your head pressed with the crown of thorns and your perfect, blameless, sinless life that took our place. God, you did it for us, but for the joy set before you, you endured that cross. We were that joy. You loved us so much. And so right now together as a church, a family, filled with your spirit, we remember your body that was nailed to the cross. Would you go ahead and take the bread right now and declare the power of Jesus. Very carefully, would you open up the top of your cup? Jesus, we thank you for your blood. We remember your sacrifice. It is because of your blood. By faith in you, because of your love and your grace, that we are covered and that we can be called sons and daughters and we can be adopted into your family because of your blood. And Father, you require payment for our sin, but Jesus paid for all of it. The things in the past, the things that nobody knows about, the things that are done today and all the things that will be done by trusting you, by putting faith in you, by declaring the power of your blood, we are covered, so we'll never forget what you've done for us. We say thank you, we love you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody take the juice, remember the power of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray a blessing on our church today. We thank you for the book of Acts. We thank you that we're leaning in today to your word. We thank you that your spirit is available to us. In fact, right now, if we just need a fresh feeling, we receive it by faith. Would you fill us fresh today and overflowing? You fill us with power, fill us with strength, fill us with wisdom on high. Fill us with what you wanna give us so that we can carry out your mission. To not just do church, but to be the church and to tell the world how much you love them. To tell the world that there is hope when they feel hopeless. To tell the world that there is light in the midst of darkest places that we've ever been or seen before. Fill us fresh today, God. Use us to be your church. We thank you and we bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said amen. Amen Amen and amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord Rock Church. Let's give him praise.